time for another edition of the Original Roundtable with ESPN DM Fitzsimmons. I'm Lance Taylor from the next round. It is on Disrupt the Media. Like and subscribe. It is always brought to you by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag. When you put in that code next round, they're going to hook you up at checkout at MyBookie.ag. So let's start first. You were in Athens this past week, and people were saying, man, I got a feeling Ole Miss is going to spring this upset. And that was what we would call here a dick whipping. I mean, that was – that Georgia team is as good as, as I've seen anybody play this year. Yeah. Uh, first, can, can I set the scene in, in Athens, LT? Because I can, I can imagine it, but yes, please go. Yeah, you, I mean, buckle your chin strap a little tighter for this one, man. So we went to lunch at uh, Local 706. And I'm our play-by-play man, Mark Kestisher. He's got a dark side like the rest of us. Uh, and head on a swivel, man. One o'clock, three o'clock, five o'clock. I mean, you know, it's it's ain't Connecticut, coach. This is welcome back to the Southeastern Conference. So uh, then we went to the place for dinner, which food off the charts. I highly recommend both those places. So a local 706 and the place. The Cuban Bowl at 706 was outstanding. But first round draft picks all over the place. When you put Ole Miss in Athens. The talent between the hedges was one-sided. The talent on the other side of the hedges, LT. I mean, dude, Ricky Williams yeah. give you a draft away, bro. I mean, it was, yeah. uh, it was, it was, it was a sight to behold. And all those Philly dogs were back outside of Nicobe Dean. I mean, just it, it's they, you look at the talent that they have put out, man. The last four or five years, it is, it's insane. It really is. And they are just to your point, man. That was a complete bludgeoning of Ole Miss to the point when when Georgia took the field, Lance, I'm talking to Lane Kiffin and Pete Golding, and, and, and they go, our guys don't look like that. It's a fact, man. Like the field damn tilted, right? Yeah, I mean, but you know, but 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 Pete saw this before in Tuscaloosa. I mean, from 2010 or 2009 to 2020, I mean, this is what Alabama was. It's what Kirby Smart oh. went there to do, and he's done exactly that, and I'll tell you this. I don't think his quarterback, Carson Beck, gets enough enough attention. Uh, we don't talk about the kid enough. He is an elite quarterback right now, and everybody's talking about all of these other guys around the country, and that's fine. Uh, it's probably a good spot for Carson Beck in year one as a starting quarterback, but that kid can play. All right, LT, I'm going to get your thoughts on this because I was on with Joe Fordenball yesterday filling in for Chris Carlin, and he brought up Carson Beck as a value play for Heisman. Is he too far back, in your opinion, to go ahead? Like a $25 flyer. I think he's like plus 1,500 right now or whatever it is. I mean, you, you probably have the odds in front of you. Uh, but is it worth, after you've beaten Missouri, right, a top 15 team by the committee's eyes, you beat number nine Ole Miss, you have another top 25 team in Tennessee, you're going to have Bama. Does he have enough in that gauntlet we just talked about? If he runs it and plays like he did on Saturday and as he did against Missouri, he continues that. Is there enough there to catch Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr.? Well, I think it would take this. So right now, Bo Nix your favorite, then Penix, and then I think Jaden Daniels. So Jaden Daniels has the three losses, so that's really going to hurt him. But I you still get, think you he, get an invite, but he ain't winning it with three yeah, losses. I, 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 I do. One right now. Yeah, I do think. Yeah, he might be the best player in college football. Um, what it would take is like some kind of a crazy upset, like Arizona State beats Bo in Oregon this week. He turns it over two or three times. Uh, Penix loses a game you'll be at at Corvallis. We'll get to a really tough Oregon State defense. He plays bad in that. And then they're just kind of blah moving forward. And, and Carson Beck would have to rip it up. You know, four or five touchdowns this week against Tennessee. 
four or five touchdowns against Georgia Tech. Same against Alabama. I think he's way too far back right now. Yeah. So a value play in case chaos does happen. 25 wins you a boatload, right? Yeah. But yeah. To your point, man, he is playing outstanding ball. He didn't get touched, Lance. I mean, that offensive line kept him clean the entire game. Kendall Milton showed that he's getting a little burst back with that after that knee injury. Uh, I mean, they are they're, they're legit, man. And then I, I look, I want, I want to be clear about what I'm about to say. I think Michigan is the best team still in college football, but I think Georgia is the number one team in football because they are almost, not quite, but almost as talented. They're not as deep, but their resume is better than Michigan's. Does that make sense? Do you agree? It with does. That? It does. And I agree with you. I think Michigan is the better team right now. Now, a lot of people are going to disagree coming off the 24-15 win against Penn State. But I think when you can call your shot and you're like, hey, we're going to run it 32 times to end the game and sure, we yeah. don't have to have our man J.J. McCarthy throw the ball at all on the road against a really good defense, I mean, that was a flex move. But after the game is where all the attention was. Sharon Moore, the offense coordinator, who was the interim coach with Harbaugh serving the suspension or at least challenging the suspension, was out. And you, you saw it. Jenny Dale goes to interview him. He goes immediately. He's into tears. He's dropping a couple of F-bombs. Um, it was an interesting scene. <laughs> All right. A couple of things here. One, Sharon Moore is an interim head coach, has as many wins against top 10 opponents as James Franklin does as the head coach at Penn State. That makes Franklin's sense. one in 12, Sharon Moore's one and oh. So let's get that out there first. Now, to the tears. Last time I checked, Harbaugh's still with us, right? Yep. He has not passed. Okay, he did not come down with some deadly disease that is incurable unless you go into the Amazon and find some blue rock underneath some temple and have to extract some serum from it and, and get injected with it. He's still with us. I mean, he's not. he did not get some deadly disease, correct? I think he's fine, yeah. Okay. To cry like that over a dub because your, your, your boss, your head coach, got suspended for cheating. I am, I'm not even going to say alleged anymore. We've all seen the videos. We've all seen the evidence. I mean, let's be honest. Connor Stallions, Michigan, Harbaugh, you're watching cheated. You're going to have, you're going to shed tears like that when your boss is back in a really nice hotel suite, probably ham, you know, slamming down a cold beer, you know, or a nice, you know, whatever on the rocks. And, and you're going to shed tears like that. Come on. If he has one true friend, that friend immediately when he saw that was texting him going, dude, you're not embarrassing yourself. You're embarrassing your entire ball club and your family. <laughs> you, you would have hit me so fast if that were me, right? And I, I would do the same to you, brother. If that were you on national TV, I would have, I wouldn't have texted you. I would have gotten on a plane, come to your house and slapped you in the face and then left because you embarrassed not just the team. Okay. But can I, can I go? Benefit of the doubt with Tony Petiti throwing this last minute, the 11th hour, uh, we're, 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 no! we're putting you on the sideline. Well, I mean, the only thing I would think is is Moore was so, um, I don't know, overwhelmed that, hey, man, it's it's your show. You go out there. You take it. Um, and, I mean, it does feel like, Stop. look, I, I agree. Stop. They've cheated. Stop. Okay. I'll drop you, it. I'll drop it. I would have done that. If I would have done it on national TV, what would you what would you have said to me? Uh, I probably would have said, yes, you have embarrassed the judge. He is going to disown you. You've embarrassed your network, your friends. Thank you. Your, your girls kids at home. Talk to you for at least a month. Yeah. I mean, dude. Yeah. Okay. So Harbaugh says it's America's team. I did bring this up. 
I do believe if Harbaugh is out for the Ohio State game, if he's still serving this suspension, the way we are as Americans, oh, man, he did not go through due, due process. This guy is getting jacked over. We're pulling for Michigan. But if he's reinstated, I know how America is. It's the mob mentality. You know what? That guy cheated. Why in the hell is he out on the sideline? Let's go Ohio State. Right. So I think it's going to work one of two ways. I don't disagree with you one bit on that. And I'd love to. Uh, I know Charlie Patel is probably watching, and uh, he's nodding his head right now. And, old Charlie, if you were to cry on national TV, guess what? Same treatment to you too, Podna. But anyway, back to our regularly scheduled program. Uh, I agree. Um, and what the, what the best part about Michigan right now, they have going for them, is that is a senior-laden team. Every offensive lineman, senior or grad student, right? The two backups who are also going to get – they're going to have seven linemen drafted, Lance. Seven, right? They're also seniors or grad students. Blake Corum, senior. Donovan Edwards, you know, upperclassmen. Going down to J.J. McCarthy, all of them. They're all upperclassmen. So you have that leadership already embedded in that team. And they, they, they come together, and they, they're a galvanized group. I feel for our good friend Mike Loxley in Maryland. They're up next on the, hey, come get your ass whipping. Right, tour, and then it's Ohio State. I can't wait to watch that one. That one's going to be just phenomenal to watch. But when you have that many upperclassmen that are starters and leaders, I mean, how far does that go? And on this journey that they're on right now, it's the original roundtable. ESPN's Ian Fitzsimmons is brought to you by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com. Great stocking stuffers for the holidays. Put in that code OGRT, and they're going to give you a big time discount at checkout. That is manscaped.com, O-G-R-T. So the big story in college football this week outside of Harbaugh is Jimbo Fisher getting bounced. And $76 million. I know you and I would both agree with this. I would love to get fired and take $76 million. Yes. And in 60 days, I'm getting $19 million. And then every year, I'm getting $7 million. And what a life through 2031. With that said, to me, I can almost make an argument this is the most appealing job in all of college football because they'll pay you whatever you want. They're going to pay you to leave if it doesn't work out. And you can do things people have never done there by winning championships. So I think it's an A-plus-plus job. I don't know if you agree with that. Uh, I do, man. And and look, when you have those kind of resources, like, hey, price of oil is up. We got $76 million in our couch cushions. I mean, so he gone. And think about this, Lance. You're, this is going to blow your mind. That, this, is, this is from ESPN Stats and Info I got on Tuesday morning. His first job, Jimbo Fisher's first job as the OC at Samford paid him just over 20 grand a year. Did you see this number? No, no, I haven't seen this. For the next eight years, he will be paid over $26,000 a day. Oh, no. <laughs> that is amazing. Sign me up. I, can I fail in that grand of a fashion? To get 26 large every day for roughly yeah. the next eight years. Look, your brother's gone through this before. So the people that really, the collateral damage, we've talked about this, it's the other coaches. So I never want to see a coach get fired. I did say when he signed the original 10-year, $75 million, that deal, I was like, he's. I just don't think he's going to win a championship. Like, he had a generational talent in Jameis Winston. I don't think he's a bad coach. I just don't think he's an elite coach. I, I agree with you mentioned yeah. this two weeks ago. He caught lightning in a bottle with Jameis in, in a week ACC and had to win one playoff game. You're right. Yeah. But you know what? I mean, hey, bruise your ego. You lose a job. You get $76 million, Who cares? But next man up. If I'm Texas A&M, if I'm Ross Bjork, I'm, if, if I've got my guy in place, you pay him whatever he wants. But who is that guy? All right, I'm, I'm going to run this one by you. How hard is it going to be to go get a guy like Deion Sanders? 
who has Texas roots, you know, still has a house in the Metroplex where I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So it's not like he wouldn't come back to Texas. Uh, Texas A&M has more money than Colorado. But you're going to have to give him a similar contract. His agent is going to play hardball. It's going to be no offset, you know, language where he takes another gig, then whatever he's making from the next gig, A&M doesn't have to pay it. Think about that. Jimbo could get another job next year, and he still gets every single penny of that $76 million. So the next guy is going to want that same language in his contract and a truckload of cash just, just brought to him in a Brinks truck. I so. just – I haven't seen enough. Like, I mean, look, it was a great story. You know the eyeballs are there. I don't think A&M needs the exposure like Colorado did. Um, no. He's going to bring in players. Whomever it, whomever it is, Lance, they're going to go after a big fish. That big fish is going to want a similar contract, and it may not be that easy no. to, to sign it. But that's why you've got to find the right guy, a guy that's going to be there legitimately 10 years, going to win you a championship where you don't have to worry about getting rid of the guy. And I think there's too many unknowns with Dion. So I don't think that would ever happen. You know, I don't know who that guy is. You know, there's only a, a few. I got a name for you. You ready? You're going to shake your head at first. But okay. Let this marinate. Cliff Kingsbury. Ugh. Look at you. Look, <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were going to say that. I knew that was going to be your reaction. He was the OC there. He knows the culture. He knows where the landmines are. And I was talking to him at SC, and I asked him, would you ever get back into college football when I had SC a couple weeks ago? And he said, yeah, absolutely, if it's the right job. Well, A&M, because he knows it, because they do have deep pockets, because he can recruit the state of Texas, he played here, coached here, right? And he learned from Texas Tech. He would recruit heavily on the defensive side of the ball because he knows he's in the SEC. It's not the Big 12. And he would hire the best defensive coordinator oil money can buy. I would not hike my leg like you just did, like a dog uh, in a fire hydrant when it comes to Kingsbury. I just – I never saw anything at Arizona with him. Um, I never saw anything, obviously, at Texas Tech with him. I think he's a good offensive mind. Holmes got yeah. He developed him pretty well. I, I think he's a good offensive coach. I would not turn a program over to him knowing what you would have to pay to get him out. I need something that is more proven. Now, who that guy is, I don't know. Like, everybody's talking about Dan Lanning. I don't, A, I don't think he would he leave. leave. Yeah. He leave. I, why would you leave? And then, B, I mean, he's done a really good job. Ten wins last year. He's in a, a situation where they can do something special this year, but they still haven't done it. So, I, I really, you know, again, there's only a few proven guys out there. I think Jeff Trailer would do a great job with it. But is it too big for the San, Texas San Antonio coach? You know, I don't yeah. know. Mike you know, Elko, I think Elko's really, really good. good. That's a good one. Uh, with, and obviously, he's been there like Kingsbury as a coordinator, knows where the landmines are and, and what to avoid. So Elko's a, is is an outstanding uh, suggestion. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. But I think I would not go ahead and just completely dismiss Kingsbury. And here's the other part. You know why, you, why they did this already and now waiting to the end of the season? There's zero doubt in my mind here, man. They've been in the SEC for over a decade. Their arch nemesis is now joining them in the SEC and the Longhorns, whom they left to get away from in the Big 12. And Texas is more SEC ready going into year one in the Southeastern Conference than AM ever sniffed in a decade of being in the Southeastern Conference. How much do you think that factored into Jim um, Bobby and say, you know what, yeah. you're out? It did. Uh, ESPN's Ian Fitzsimmons. It's the original roundtable. We do it right here on Disrupt the Media. Like, subscribe, give us a thumbs up. It is brought to you by Lance'sLog.com. Jump on board. A little bit of a funk. Great Saturday, bad Sunday, bad Monday. We're about to bounce back, though. Lance'sLog.com. Free winner every single day there. Um, you had a damn good Saturday. 
had a really good Saturday, but gave it all back the last couple of days. But this is what happens. Peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. Uh, so I was about to bring something up. Was it Texas? No. Yeah, it was Texas. So they go to Ames. I've never been to Ames. I don't know if I've ever wanted to go to Ames. I assume you've been to Ames in all your years of covering college football. I've heard it's just a weird spot. I mean, some crazy things can happen at Ames. And it seems like Iowa State is playing good enough football right now. And Texas is playing very average to where they were in September. This seems like a spot where we might get a little mix-up. Okay, you're going to love this because you, of all people, normally remember things like this. Do you remember the last time Texas went to Iowa State two years ago? What was going on at that particular time? Oh, Texas, Iowa State, that would have been 21. Uh, involved, some Halloween. Come uh, on. Remind me. Jeff Banks, who's a friend. Oh, the monkey? Gia, Halloween. Yeah. Didn't it, buy, it, buy, it bit a trigger game. Game, right? Oh, I wow. Game and, and the Iowa State student section, this one guy, I don't know how, who he got to draw it. I mean, it was pristine. You can go Google this, man. I guarantee that image is still out there. He had, he had a monkey hanging off upside down longhorns like he was swinging from a stripper pole. Priceless. <laughs> did you get to did you get to meet the monkey though? Oh, and so in our in our scene set, right? I mean, look, I'm I'm the field guy, right? So Barrett Jones and Sean Kelly, we had a hundred dollar bet. Whomever could get into the broadcast, Gia, Monkey, Pole, Halloween, you got the hundo. I mean, that's not easy, right? So I don't get nearly as much time as those guys do. So what did I do? I, I wrote out in my scene set, right? I, I, the, and I got all of them in there. I mean, I had this game could be as crazy as, as a monkey named Gia on a Halloween you know, and Texas is stopped in the, in, in the polls like a like a stripper going down on. Well, I mean, it was, dude. It, I mean, it was one of my finer moments. It really was. That's the last time Texas went to Iowa State, and that is when on the team bus you had coaches, Bo Davis, being Bo one Davis, of, oh yeah, just unload. Texas players were laughing, and they just got crushed on national television and national radio. And that's, in my opinion. That is the day, that night, that things started to change for Texas, going embarrassment off the field to Bo Davis unloading, and that is the moment the culture started to change the last time Texas went to Ames. You know, the problem, though, you got Jonathan Brooks out now, and, yep. you know, C.J. Baxter's he's a good, solid number two, but you just wonder if you're going to get that overall production, and this is a tough place to play, and they're they're playing good football right now. They are. I mean, no doubt. How about this, LT? And this this one's good. It's floored me, and I know it's going to floor you. You know those two outstanding defensive tackles for Texas, arguably oh, the yeah. best in college football. They have not had one holding call against them. You're going to tell me not one center, not one guard with those two monsters who are going to play for a long time in the NFL. They haven't been held one time. Yeah, how's that possible? I, how are you, I, dude? You tell me. I have no idea, but. It's going to have to be that side of the ball that really helps Texas come away with it. I, I agree with you. This is a catch. It's a tricky game here. Rocco Beck, the quarterback for Iowa State, playing solid football. Anthony Beck's son, you know, I mean, and Matty Campbell's got him playing hard, man. It, this is, I think they're only a touchdown fave. If I'm not yeah, right, right now, it's seven and a half. Yeah. Watch out. I'm with you, man. This is one of those be careful kind of games. Okay. So from there to the Pacific North, 
uh, version of Ames, which is Corvallis, which is where you're heading this week. We had Josh Pate on the show earlier uh, today or yesterday. I forgot what it was. And he's heading to Corvallis, too. And I was like, there can't be an easy way to get to Corvallis. Okay. So it's kind of like going to Athens, right? Where you fly into Atlanta and then you drive an hour and a half, except on a Friday afternoon. I mean, what a rookie mistake I made last Friday. So you fly into Portland. Yep. And then drive down. Or Eugene, take your pick. But I'm going into Portland and you drive about an hour and a half down to Corvallis. Uh, and from what I've understand, it is a rowdy atmosphere. Like they go harder than the average bear. I mean, body shots at like 7 a.m. We got we I got believe it. So it's going to be a little bit cannibalistic, which I'm all about. I mean, I've, I've, I've been told it is a tremendous tailgating scene. And that team, dude, they, they, they'll, they, they'll fight you. They're good. Yeah. That defense led by EMA, their leading tackler and inside backer. I mean, they, they come at you in waves, man. They're deeper than you think. And, and you look at Oregon State. And I know I, I'm still guilty of this, Lance, that I look at them and go, oh, yeah, Oregon State. Oh, wow, they're ranked 12. They're probably in the yeah. top 10 after, after you know the committee tonight. Well, and I, I actually think they win this game. I don't know where you are on it, but they're two and a half point favorites. Yeah, they that's play, one, they right play there. so, so well. All right, I can't pick it, obviously, because um, I'm, I'm a part of the call. But when I saw them favored, it's you know what this one is? This is not the same degree, obviously, because Oregon State's a really good football team. But this is one of those games where Vegas is begging you to take one side. Kind of like Central Florida and Oklahoma State. When I saw that number was only two and a half, Give me the fighting Malzons, man. And they absolutely, and they boat raced the post. Yeah. Emotional win. Every now and then there's that stinky number. LT, does this one stink to you? Yeah, it does. And, and the fact of the matter is, well, I mean, maybe it shouldn't. Maybe it should be around a pick. Washington just hasn't played that great recently. No, I mean, and I had them against SC. You know, I mean, dude, 42 points. Now, look, give Washington's credit. Uh, Washington's defense a bit of credit. They shut out at Caleb Williams and SC in the fourth quarter in that game. They bowed up a little bit, but I'm, I'm with you, man. This is one where I think this is good. almost last team with the ball might win this damn game. I'm expecting a hell of a contest coming up on Saturday night. Yeah, so you've never been to Corvallis? Never. I can't wait. Okay. So, oh, well, wow. you're, I mean, you're the social chairman, so where's dinner? Do you have any idea? I've already reached out, man. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. I mean, okay. and we're coming in all different ways, dude. It's like going into Athens again. Like, we got some guys getting in on into Portland on, on – you know, on Saturday morning, Kesty and Kelly Stauffer, former first-round pick for the Seahawks, they're flying into Eugene sometime on Friday afternoon, and you got to drive over. So this ain't exactly easy to try and sell. Well, and that's, that's a weird time of year where you're in Dallas. So, you know, on a given day, it could be 80 in November. And then you're heading to Corvallis where it could be sleeting snow. 40 um, degrees at kick and rain. 65% oh. chance of rain and 40. So you're, you're, you're head-to-toe rain gear. I will not be packing a Jay Hilburn suit for this particular contest. So what what do you wear shoe-wise? What is the footwear of choice when you're going to be in 40-degree rain? Great question. And my wife just re just discovered that on clouds wear a waterproof – they now make a waterproof running shoe. So I, I'm, I'm about to order those bad boys. But I've got – How are you going to keep warm, though? It might be waterproof for dudes that are jogging in 70-degree heat. You, you put the damn, you put the heat warmers, the ones that go on the bottom of your shoe. Yeah. You wear, you get those bad boys, and then you wear the uh, the, the long socks that uh, are you know, compression. So you put those things. I, I did a game with uh, Chiefs and, and Colts years ago, negative 22 wind chill. Oh, no. I had no. hand warmers in every crevice, in every pocket. 
in my underwear and my toboggan. I'm not joking. You you name it, there was a hand warmer somewhere. So I won't have that in this game, but it's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. And then 65% chance of rain. That is no bueno. But I can't so, wait for the football game. Which, by the way, that favor Oregon State, Lance, if it's raining? Uh, yeah, I think so. I typically think that the more talented team doesn't want any kind of conditions to factor in. Yeah, and Dylan Johnson gets voted, but still. And I, I know that uh, that uh, the favorite is actually Oregon State in this spot, but I don't know if they're the overall better team. But I do like Oregon State. I know you can't call it because you are calling it. Do you think this is a weekend we get chaos? Yeah, dude, it's coming, man. I mean, if it ain't this weekend, it's the next weekend. I've it's heard like, people say it's just not going to happen this year. It happens every year. Oh, yeah. It, it guaranteed it's going to happen. I mean, I mark, mark that one down, man. But I, I don't remember, maybe you do, but I don't remember coming into week 12, right? And one week ahead of my favorite holiday in Thanksgiving. That's my favorite meal of the year. Me too, man. brother. Either next week or now. I mean, let's go. Let's get a three-point stance and fire off, eat some stuff, and then and turkey and everything else, some candied yams, man. But I don't remember uh, this late, even going back to the BCS era, that we had eight teams this late in the year that were a legit title contender and couldn't make the playoff. Yeah, and, and this past weekend, we were so close to getting some of those upsets. So I do think this weekend we get a couple. I think it's in your slate, that uh, the uh, 7 to, to – or 6 to 8 o'clock slate. I think there's a couple that really could come through for us. But we'll see. I love pulling for chaos. Love it. What is it about Thanksgiving that if you and I are going to be when people watch this, they're going to go, "You got you like that over Christmas?" Oh yeah, I'm, I've always said that that Thanksgiving is my number one holiday, not even close. And a lot of it is the food. But I ordered my Thanksgiving feast yesterday. We can get into that next week because I want to see what you like, what your sides of choice are. Yeah, all of it. Look at me. I, I believe that. Uh, <laughs> I like that. I like the pullover. You can get that right now. Hey, yeah, you guys got, got good gear, man. The next round, folks, get online and go get this stuff, man. It's comfy. I love well, it. Travel with it. Fly the flag for us, Ian. Yeah, well, come on, coach. You know I will. What do you think hey. the talent's going to be like off the field in Corvallis? I'm kind of curious about that. Ooh. I got to honestly say, I, I, I would think that it would be kind of crunchy. I would think. I mean, it is Oregon, right? Did you say crunchy? Yeah, yeah, I would think it would be a little crunchy. Uh, it is the original roundtable brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie.ag. You can get a play on that Oregon State game right now. You can lay the two and a half player props all over. Anything you want to wager on, you can do it at MyBookie.ag. Put in that promo code OGRT or next round, I should say. Next round for this one. Next round is a promo code. And you're going to get a checkout bonus from MyBookie.ag. Safe travels. Can't wait to hear what the talent looks like, what the food tastes like. And what those elements were like. Good luck on your uh, on clouds coming in. I mean, local 706 and the place in Athens if you want talent on and off the field right there. There you go. Perfect. That's the information you get from that guy. That's Ian Fitzsimmons, the original roundtable right here on Disrupt the Media. Like and subscribe. Granola.